If you love the peak, check out The Logic. The Logic is Canada's preeminent tech and business newsroom covering everything from crypto to clean tech. It's an indispensable part of any daily news routine, and it provides in-depth reporting that gives you the real story, not the PR hype. Join influential executives and investors reading The Logic in Canada and beyond. And act now, because today is the final day of The Logic's 75% off Cyber Week sale. Don't miss your last chance to take advantage of their biggest sale ever. That's 75% off a subscription with promo code PEAK, P-E-A-K, at thelogic.co. I'm Brooke Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, November 23rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, you traveled to beautiful western New York. How was it? Beautiful. It was it was actually pretty rainy. Uh, the weather was terrible. The bills got blown out, but I still had a great time. There's really nothing like an NFL game. Uh, there was like a military flyover. It's just like a very, it's a, they put on a great show. Well, as long as the show was good because the bills were absolutely awful, but give us a line of sight to how the border crossing was with all the COVID tests. Well, I promised you I would do some on the ground reporting and that is what I did. So we had everything in order. We had the Arrive Can app done. We had all of our PCR tests, which by the way, cost me $180 to get done. And we had all of our vaccination records printed out. So when we got to the booth, it was pretty easy, but you could just tell from other cars that they just didn't have that all done. And that's what really took a long time as they kind of talked them through each of the steps or what they were missing and all of that. But the important thing to note is that if you want to travel to the U.S. after November 30th, you will not need a PCR test for trips less than 72 hours. Unfortunately, that is after Black Friday, though. So for all you shoppers out there, you're still going to have to pay the $180 PCR tax, as I'm calling it. Well, it's good to hear about the border. It was bad to hear about the bills. But what do we have for PayPal today? Well, for our first story, we've got Uber for weed. For our second story, reappointment. And for our third story, Jay's for sale. For our first story, Uber Eats entered the cannabis market for the first time in its history yesterday in Ontario. Brett, I like when our worlds collide and you are former Uber and I am always cannabis. What do we need to know about Uber's pivot to cannabis? Well, Jay, as you, as you and I both know, this is a pretty big deal because only a few years ago, a big publicly traded company wouldn't have come anywhere near cannabis. So the fact that Uber is even touching the plant is a massive shift. So here's what's happening. In Ontario, you'll be able to order cannabis from Tokyo Smoke locations and only Tokyo Smoke locations. But importantly, uh, you won't be able to get these products delivered. As of right now, you can only order them on the app and you have to go in store to pick them up yourself. Which I did order, but didn't pick up. So there's $10 worth of edibles waiting on Bloor Street at the Tokyo Smoke near Bathurst. But many believe this is the paving the way for the delivery down the road. And Uber Eats already delivers alcohol in Ontario and the delivery of cannabis could be pretty similar from a compliance perspective. So Brett, why should people else care about Uber's new cannabis ordering service? I think what's most interesting about this is that it could open up a totally new line of business for Uber and it's a growing one too. The infrastructure, the food delivery and ride sharing platform is building here in Canada could someday be applied to a federally legal US cannabis market that's expected to be worth over $60 billion. So it's a bit of an experimentation center in Ontario. For our second story, the Biden administration nominated Fed Chair Jerome Powell for a second term. Jay, can you tell the Pete Pals who Jerome Powell is? Sure. Jerome Powell was first appointed Fed Chair by President Trump in 2018. Since then, he's been responsible for the U.S.'s monetary policy, which became a really important job, as we all know, during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
With his term coming up, there was lots of chatter in Washington over whether Powell, who was a Republican, would be reappointed or, if Biden would go with the more progressive option, Lael Brainerd. In the end, Biden went with the more consensus pick and stuck with Powell, and he's made Brainerd vice chair. What's first on Powell's plate? Well, it's inflation, of course. Like the Bank of Canada's Tiff Macklin, who we call TMAC around here, Powell will have to balance inflation with the country's overall economic recovery. The Fed is expected to raise interest rates next year. But if it is done too quickly, it could undo the recovery that we've made to date. So, Jay, why should Pete Powell's care about Powell's reappointment? Well, so the U.S.'s interest rates are pretty closely tied with ours and ours with theirs. So Powell's decision on when to raise rates will heavily inform when our central bank does the same. But it's generally believed that Powell's priority is economic recovery over inflationary concerns. So Powell's reappointment could delay any future rate changes, Brett. Hey, sorry to jump in. It's Brett. And I wanted to let you know that today's Peak Daily is sponsored by Outreach.io. Outreach is the first and only engagement and intelligence platform built by revenue innovators for revenue innovators. Outreach allows you to commit to accurate sales forecasting, replace manual processes with real-time guidance, and unlock actionable customer intelligence that guides you and your team to win more often. Traditional tools don't work in a hybrid sales world. Find out why Outreach is the right solution at click.outreach.io slash the peak. For our last story, Rogers may sell part of its stake in the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Rogers Center. Brett, are we seriously still talking about Rogers? You know, it's the story that never ends. In fact, we have two stories to choose from for Rogers today. I chose the more fun one, the Blue Jays version, not the Rogers Shaw hearing. And we probably owe Pete Powell's apology on this note. In a past episode, I predicted that Rogers would be out of the news for a bit, and that certainly has not been the case. Yesterday, The Globe reported that interim CEO Tony Staffieri is considering selling the Blue Jays stake partially or its entirety to pay off nearly $20 billion of debt that's going to finance the Roger Shaw merger. To give you an idea of scale, the Blue Jays and the team stadium, the Rogers Center, are worth $2 billion. If they do end up selling part of the team, Rogers chair Edward Rogers is said to be one of the potential buyers. If Edward Rogers buys the team, he could help them pay down debt while still technically controlling the team. There are other options to sell tracking shares, which would open up the possibility of selling the team to multiple buyers, including the peak. Rogers is already working with Brookfield on a project to redevelop the Rogers Center, so that's another monetization opportunity that the family is considering, and we know how well the family is working together. So, Brett, why should people else care about Rogers' plan as it relates to the Jays? I like that Edward Rogers wants to buy the team from his company. It's like money in, money out. The other fun fact to know about Ed Rogers and the Blue Jays is his kids are bat kids at Blue Jays training camp in Florida, and so he really does care about the team. But as anybody who watches baseball knows, baseball revolves around money and importantly, how much owners are willing to spend on their respective teams. And it's too early to tell if a sale would improve or hurt the Jays' chances of beating Jay Rosenthal's beloved Red Sox. Well, there's nowhere to go but up, I guess. So that's that's ridiculous, Jay. The Red Sox weren't even that good last season. (laughs) Better than the Jays. Big fellas, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, welcome home, my friend. Yeah, thanks. It was a long trip. (laughs) 